Hey, this is Eddie Olchek. You're listening to Empty Betters with Nick, Mac, and Harrison. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to episode 111 of Empty Betters. I'm your host, Harrison Scholes. I'm going to toss it across the screen to my co-host, Nick. Connect the dots, Manila. What's going Going on? on. I am living life, man. I got Sparty on one TV over here. I got the caps on my iPad, and then I got you guys right in front of me. So just a dream set up right now. For sure. Let's get the weather report per usual because I've been getting ripped on for that. How are we feeling? Um, I mean, you know, typical Maryland, it doesn't know what to do with itself right now. It's like, you know, you wake up one day and it's 15 degrees and then I wake up today and it's like 30 degrees. So who knows? You just never know. Yeah. We got 60 coming this weekend. I'm sure our boy up North Mac Vogel is a little bit jealous of that. Mac, how are we doing up in Wisconsin? Doing good. The, uh, weather report over here is just same old, same old. Although I will say we, we, uh, we do get, sorry, I just got really distracted by Nick drinking a cartoonishly large beer um <laughs> but yeah no the weather's good uh it's been like 20s and 30s instead of like zeros and 10s so i guess there's that but uh other than that it's been good just got back from chicago earlier today and uh ready to rock and roll on some hockey i'm pumped i felt like the last like three four days without nhl action was like it's been brutal I felt helpless like what I, i'm sitting here watching like the biathlon on the Olympics, the one where they're, you know, chugging along on the cross country skis and they pull up and snipe a couple of targets. And I was just like, this is cool, I guess. So but- I have a way to, I, when I was saying this when my parents were watching that the other day, I have a great way to fix that sport. Get rid of the cool. targets and try and shoot each other while cross country. Skis. <laughs> oh my I'd God. Watch those, by the way, are those real? Of- are they like dart guns or like, I was, I was very confused by that. They're not anything big. I think they have to be like 22s or even smaller than that. But uh, yeah, interesting. So do skeet shooting with bats. That would yeah. be fun. <laughs> that would be a good Yeah, that's a sport. And think, you yield something from it I too. I think we should get a little baseball involved. And in like, I like how they have it over their back, like they're skiing and they have like the, and they just rip, they, like it looks pretty cool. But I think they should just have a big Louisville slugger stuck in a backpack on their back. And then they pull up. And then there's instead of the little things that they they all each lay down on the thing to shoot, there's like a million little home plates and they pull up to a home plate and they just have to crush home runs for like 10, 25 seconds, something like that. But they're still on the skis. That's a good one. Gotta like pivot in the skis and then keep going. That or you do like a tandem thing where like the person in front has like a 50 cal on their back and then the person behind them has the bullets and then they just lean forward and then. All right, I'm listening. The yeah. video on this first five minutes has been <laughs> pure electricity. Cartoonishly large beers and describing this event. Uh, yeah, if you're not watching good. on YouTube yet, I don't know what you're doing. You're missing out on a lot here. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. Well, now that we caught up with the fellas, uh, just a reminder before we get rolling here that uh, we do have a discount code going on right now for our merch store. That discount code is EB10, as in empty betters 10. That will get you 10% off your order that is a limited time offer mac i am gonna throw the question of the day over to you all right so usually our 
QOTD is uh, something sort of like not hockey related or something kind of random, but this time I wanted to make it hockey related since we're coming back from the all-star break. Uh, this time of year always gets me thinking about like the trade deadline. Cause I'm like, okay, cool. We're past the all-star break. It's crunch time. There's no more like long losing streaks. You can't afford that. It's time to start thinking about, are you going to be trading some of your favorite players or acquiring some of them? So I want to know what you guys think, uh, what NHL team will be the, will make the biggest splash at the trade deadline. And I want to hear like a biggest seller and like a biggest buyer and not necessarily like biggest as in like biggest name or anything, but just like most key, like most important acquisition type of thing. If that makes sense. I hear you. I think if the caps go out and land a goalie, that would be a huge move. Same for the Oilers. Like if they go out and land like flurry or like a big name tendy like that, I think that would probably be the biggest thing on the market that or whoever's going to get Chikrin. If he goes at free or if he goes at the trade deadline and not at free agency. Yeah. Chikrin's big one. Um, Yeah. I'd say caps being a buyer for goalie would definitely be in there. It's hard to not say the Rangers too. God, they are in every freaking rumor. It is insane as you know, par for the course every year, right? They're in on the Chikrin deals. Um, Who else am I thinking of? I can't, there's been so many names thrown out that I'm drawing. They were up there in the Eichel sweepstakes too. Like, you know, they're just, they're involved for everyone. They are. I think the Rangers are going to be big buyers. I wish I had a couple more names that came to the forefront. I've just seen so many uh, articles on forever blue shirts. My mind is going numb. Minnesota, Uh, I think could make, you know, a push if they want to gear up for the playoffs, maybe shore up defense a little bit, maybe some bottom six a little bit, but I could also see someone like, Carolina doing something like yeah. that too. Just add one more piece, like before that push that they're definitely going to make this year. I do think it's a it's going to be a big uh, goalie trade deadline, and that's kind of exciting. I feel like it's always super crazy when like all of a sudden a goalie's on a new team with like less than a month and a half left in the season. But um, yeah, I would love to see the Caps do something big. I do think the Wild are going to be kind of like the Avs last year where they like have most of the things they need and then they find out this postseason that their goaltending can't get it done and then maybe over the maybe over the uh, offseason they go out and do something about that. But What about sellers? Like who do you think is going to be like someone that's letting everyone go? Is this the year that Philly finally like packs was, it in and just goes – I think it yeah. is actually. Yeah, that's one that was one that came to mind when I was writing the question. I think that they're kidding themselves if they if they don't sell, honestly. Well, unless they go on like unless they win literally like 14 of their next 15, in which right. case if they do that, look out, they're going to start buying and they're going to be like, "Fuck this, we're going." We're right. Going. They're going to try and do what the Blues did, you know, 2 or right. 3 years ago. Right. We do know how confusing things can get in the city of Philadelphia, so uh we understand what you're going through, but uh we really don't hope you get good anytime soon. I Philly definitely comes to mind as far as sellers if they don't get it together. Chicago, I mean with Flurry. It's a good one. Some stu- you've heard some stuff with uh Kubalik. I've even heard DeBrinket's name thrown out there. I've heard Kubalik like the last two, maybe even three trade deadlines at this point, but he was a big one last year that everyone thought he was going to go somewhere and then nothing happened. So I'd kind of like to see that trigger get pulled this season. Yeah, Chicago, Philly as the sellers. I think if Vancouver doesn't turn it around, you might even want to throw them in there. JT Miller's name's getting thrown around like hot potatoes these days so who the, of the rangers are in on by the way yeah surprise, I, surprise. I heard that and if i'm not mistaken though i think that 
isn't Halak locked up for like one more year after this one with them? I think you're and, right. And I'm pretty sure I saw something where he was like, Oh, I don't want, I don't want to go anywhere. I'm happy in Vancouver. And everyone was like, come on, dude. Like, I think that was one of the goalies <laughs> that Edmonton was considering. And they yeah. were just like, Oh, he's got one more mm-hmm. year. Like we can't afford to risk. I that think right he's now. being that classic, like stubborn veteran backup being like, no, I'm not going anywhere. I'm down to just be a backup goalie and I'm not trying to go anywhere, which, you know, I'd I don't want to move again. Attitude. Don't make yeah. me move. <laughs> that guy has been a bit, I mean, he's a hell of a goaltender. He's had a great career, but he, man, has that guy been a suitcase over his career? He's played oh for what, like five, six different teams at this point. Something like took that. Five or six years off my life. That's all I know. <laughs> I can definitely attest to that. true. I can feel that anyway. All right. Well, good chatter. Good chatter. Yeah, let's get into the news here. But before we do, you already know that this episode is brought to you by Brackish Life. If you're like us and grew up on the water and outdoors, then Brackish Life is perfect for you. They have a wide selection of gear from UV shirts to hoodies and hats. It's Real Bay Apparel made by Real Bay people. Head to www.brackish.life today to check them out. A little salty, a little fresh, brackish life. All right, fellas, let's get into the news here. I'm going to toss it off to Nick to drive the bus. We have a lot to get to today. Thank you, Mac. Um, You know, we've got the All-Star game to cover. We've got Olympic hockey. You know, there was some internet breaking stuff from the All-Star game to talk about, but we have to start with the most important thing for this podcast and that is baby Fucali is here. So huge congrats to Zach and his family on the birth of his son, uh, Teo. Could not be happier for them. He's happy. He's healthy. What a cute freaking baby. Am I right, boys? Yeah, that's the uh, you're talking about the future Vezina winning goaltender <laughs> right there. And with the first pick in the 2035 <laughs> NHL draft, the, the Washington, Washington Capitals, Capitals are allowed to select baby Fukali. Yeah. <laughs> As named on the Empty Betters podcast in 2022. You heard um, it here first. Yeah, huge congrats to Zach, man. That's awesome. Was kind of DMing with him on Instagram the other day. He he knows that he's not going to be sleeping much, but uh happy that him, his wife, his kid, they're all seeming to do pretty well. So that's that's really all you can ask for there. Absolutely. Yeah, Uh, Let's recap this all-star game a little bit. There's a ton of stuff to unpack here, Uh, a bunch of stuff from the skills competition. So real quick, let's just go through who won each event. A little bit surprised in the fastest skater. It wasn't McDavid this year. The time seemed to fall off a little bit. I don't know if that's because they were doing stuff on the ice beforehand, but Jordan Cairo, dude freaking busted one open, you know, just had an unreal run around there. Seems like a lot of guys were, not to use a NASCAR term here, but running wide and getting into the wall a little bit. Uh, what did you guys think of that event? Mac, you go. Uh, I thought it was cool. I thought it was funny. I saw some some funny videos after the fact. I think it was a Zegris being like, you know, kind of taunting guys as they went out there. Like, oh, that's not McDavid. He's not going to win. And then like, finally, McDavid climbs over the boards and goes out there. And he's just like, oh, God, I'm scared right now. Like, I don't even want to watch this. So it was there was a lot of hype around it for sure. I definitely expected mcdavid to win but good for kairu picking up a, a w in that it's not not easy to uh outskate mcdavid so he also picked up 35 grand when he won that just a reminder there is a cash prize at that i'm pretty sure mcdavid's just like oh i can trim my dog's uh you know fucking hair off at the local salon the, the whatever you want to call that think of a name of the salon that trims mcdavid's dog's hair help me what would you call that Give me a good name for that. There's got to be a business idea there. There has to be a business idea there. I don't know what, Mc, like, McGroomers. 
Yeah, I kind of like that. You got to think rich people with big their dog dogs. clips or something like that. Like <laughs> sports <dog> clips. Clips. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I didn't think Kyrie was going to win. Can I, can we just discuss this real quick? Is, do you think Zegers is actually as like surfer dude as he portrays himself? A hundred percent. It's like comical. So. It's actually comical how like, he's like, dude. And of like, course, of course he plays for a California team too. You know? <laughs> well, it's like, like you saw him and Jack Hughes together. It's like literally someone took two pledges out of Pike rush, like freshman year. Like it's hysterical. <laughs> if you, if you put Trevor Zegers on like the New York Rangers and spit him out in the middle of like the Bronx, he would have no idea what to do. And people yeah. talking to him on the street would be like, who the fuck is this guy? He's trying to get punched <laughs> in the face or something. Why is yeah. he smiling at me like that? Like, <laughs> yeah. He's a Cali guy through and through. I, yeah. I just, I look at him and I can't help but laugh. He's just a kid. Like he's, he's a goofball. Meme. He's having fun though. You can yeah. tell good oh, for yeah. him. I mean, I'm glad the league has a little bit of that. And, you know, we still get the cranky old men yelling about it all the time. So what can you do? Uh, hardest shot. Victor Hedman won that. Didn't think there was going to be much of a contest there. I thought Pellet could have been a dark horse, um, mm-hmm. but. Uh, Hilarious that Wilson was in that, although he did. Okay. He did not. Yeah, I mean, he was good. Yeah, he broke a hundred. That's not anything to sneeze at. Yeah, not at all. Uh, Save streak, Vasky and Campbell win that one. Um, That still has to be, in my opinion, the most confusing event event at the All-Star game. I understand what they're trying to do. In my opinion, I just don't think it's presented in a way that's good for fans to watch. Uh, Having them go at like both ends at the same time. Uh, I know my mom and Ari said this multiple times. They were like, I have no idea what the fuck is going on. Yeah, I have my thoughts saved for later on that, so. Gotcha. Uh, accuracy shooting. I thought this was the most impressive performance of the night. Sebastian Ajo goes like four for five or four for four and gets it done in 10.9 seconds. I mean, we saw how hard that was. I mean, Dreisaitl took nearly a minute to finish that event. That's a good event, too. They've had that one going for a long time. There's a lot of all-time greats that have uh, cleaned up in that category over the years. There was a clip of it going through the years of all the all the legends who have attempted that one over the years. It's pretty cool, but... Um, yeah, I feel like that's one that we've all tried in some way or another, you know, you go to like a game and you're walking around the concourse and, um, you know, in the intermission and they have the little things there where you can shoot the the rubber pucks at the target. So it's always fun to see the players do that one. Uh, moving on to the two new events, we had that, um, stupid blackjack shooting thing where they had the players (laughs) shooting at, uh, playing cards, which were like. I, did, I mean, I didn't see the point of this. They're like 90 feet in the air too, like the top row. And they didn't put anything behind the card. So Joe Pavelski goes out there and takes out like four of the lights they had in a span of like five shots. Yeah. He ends up going on to win, but like half the guys couldn't finish the event because they, of course it's Vegas. So blackjack rules. So they were already eliminated, which I thought was insanely stupid. It, it, yeah. I don't That That was it kind of crashed and burned. It, In theory, it, it sounded so cool. And then when it actually happened, it was like, oh, shit, this is really dumb. Yeah, By the way, it just goes back to like the classic rule of like, keep it simple, stupid. Like that's just the NHL trying to get too like fancy with it and just just keep it simple. By the way, I'll try and pull this during our gambling segment. But uh, Pavelski's having a fucking hell of a year. He like, seriously his, is. No, like historic, like guys who are 37 and older. I think he's got the fifth most. Wow points like in a season ever or something like that i need to look it up i'm gonna try to later i saw it on nhl network but uh yeah i figured i'd throw that out there pavelski's having a hell of a year cool and then the other stupid event was that fountain face-off thing where they're trying to (laughs) sauce these glowing pucks into 
targets in the fountain. Uh, it was blatantly obvious that one that was recorded ahead of time. Uh, yeah. And then two, that none of the players wanted to be there. <laughs> uh, the interviews with them, it was like monotone, like get me the fuck out of this fountain yeah. now so I can go hang out with my friends. Yeah, that was definitely a weird one. Don't uh don't skip breakaway challenge. I think that might be the most controversial. So I wanted to save that one for last. So let's talk about the breakaway <clears throat> challenge here for a second. Now, you guys brought this up a little bit. You know, Mac, you say keep it simple, stupid. I think the overall theme of this weekend should be stop with the fucking Vegas theatrics. We get it. You know, it's a fun city to go out and see shows in. But when you start bringing all this, you know, production props, and shit into this event and now it gets slowed down and it takes each breakaway shooter 10 minutes to do their thing. I'm out. I'm done. I don't want to see, you know, magic tricks and stuff on the ice before the event. I want to see the best players out there go out and put on their best moves. Yes. And I agree with you. Yeah. It's too hokey. It's too much. They definitely tried way too hard to like make it theatrical and over the top. And yeah, it was unnecessary. So, so tying that into Zegris. Right. Here we go. So he ends up pulling off the sickest move I think I've ever seen someone do while blindfolded, mind you. Uh, and a then dodgeball getting thrown at him. Right. And then doesn't end up winning the competition because Petrangelo, the hometown player, goes last and brings out a drum line. And that was good enough to win. Yeah, that was definitely pre-scripted. I mean, for those who didn't, you had to have seen the uh Zegers clip by now if you don't i guess you don't have internet but for your patrick um, star and you live under a rock <laughs> yeah i mean he literally did he, he dressed up as the dodgeball character blindfolded himself and apparently he told gibson heard this on um the chick the chicklets podcast gibson was only supposed to blindfold him once around so he could see a little bit but then he blindfolded him twice around so he literally couldn't see at all and i think he said he was a little anxious about that and the best way I describe this is he pulled off a one-handed blindfolded dodgeball themed Zorro move, which is nuts to think about. Shout out John Shava for calling it the Zorro move. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, it's like where you scoop the puck up, but you don't do like the Michigan where you go parallel with the ice. You just kind of like scrape it up. I don't know how the fuck people do it, let alone it, one-handed. I've tried a thousand times and I'm about oh for a thousand, so. Yeah, and doing it full speed and one-handed and blindfolded and then scoring. It was just absolutely insane. And, of course, it's just like going back to the middle of the ice, like, oh, dude, <laughs> I just pulled that off. It's like, yeah. Um, so here's one thing I want to ask you guys. So, obviously, Claude Giroux wins MVP. A lot of people saying that raises his trade value. What are your thoughts on that? Not at all. I don't think it actually does. I do think it, like – maybe raises his trade interest though. Like if that makes sense, I don't think it means that teams are going to get, I don't think it means that the flyers are going to get more in return for him than they would have before he did that. But I do think maybe there were some teams that had no interest in acquiring Claude Drew. And now after that, they're like, all right, I'll bite. What's the asking price? Like, let's, let's have a conversation about it. Like he clearly still has some talent left. He's not, you know, He's not totally washed and uh, he's not as as crappy as we all love to make him sound just because it's it's kind of a funny joke at this point. But yeah, <laughs> again, you someone thanks for we, watching. We need a uh, we need a T-shirt 
with an orb of confusion with the guy from SpongeBob with the mask pointing and inside the orb, it's just Drew's face. Yeah, that would be <laughs> phenomenal. And I, I can't remember which one of you made this joke, but I think uh, when we first came up with this meme, we talked about how gritty is a perfect example of what can happen after too much exposure to the orb of confusion. Yeah, that's what you look like. You'll just turn into something like that. Or meth, you know, either one. Um, <laughs> my highlight of the All-Star game had to be Kaprizov dressing as Ovi for his uh, for his event. I mean, that was just so cool. I mean, especially, and like, yeah, I know Homer bias here, but like, when you think about how young Kaprizov is, like he's younger than us, grew up watching Ovi play and then like gets to go out there, put on, you know, he's got the yellow laces going just like Ovi has the gloves, has the helmet with the tinted visor and the stick. And uh, I just thought that was fantastic. The internet lost its mind over that uh, Caps fans, especially, but it was just really, really cool to see, you know, something like that. Caps Twitter was hilarious after that, especially our, our guy, uh, Noah hockey stick emoji. He was, he tweeted something like, believe it or not, the caps are the first uh, franchise to have three players uh, play for two different like teams <laughs> at the all-star game. And he put a thing that was like Wilson, Washington, uh, or no, w- Wilson, Metro team, Kuzi, Metro team, Kaprizov, like yeah, Central or uh, rather Pacific. That was fucking great. Um, Nick, going back to what you just said, uh, speak for yourself on this one. Kaprizov is younger than you and me, but I believe he's older than Mac. Oh, really? How old is mm-hmm. he? He's 24. Yeah, he is older than me. Wow. I'll, be, I'll be 24 in like three months. Okay. A lot, of, a lot of Calder controversy last year as a result of that. True. I, just, I think you and me are showing our age now, so I think it speaks. Don't remind me, dude. <laughs> volumes of us more than anything. Mm-hmm. Matt keeps us young. There we go. Uh, so that being said, what, in your opinions, you know, what was the dumbest thing of the weekend? You know, just to close this all out, I think we can all agree that, you know, gimmicky was the theme of the weekend. But what was like the point that made you go like, OK, where's the damn remote? Well, I'm going to be perfectly frank. I did not watch one second of the All-Star game and I did not watch one second of the skills competition at all in my opinion and this is what i was gonna say earlier it's just a giant like fest to post like on instagram and like yeah get people to it's trying to go viral like too hard yeah yeah Yeah, i mean i agree the amount of theatrics and shit i mean i don't know it's just it's really not my speed and i hope that doesn't come off as hardo but dumbest thing of the weekend uh Without watching it at all, I don't know. I mean, I did see some highlights. That save streak thing is needs to go. It's just yeah. stupid. I don't really like. I get it. what they're trying to do. They want to put an event in there for the goalies, right? But they also like, should have brought Ch- Chara in for hardest shot, like they did Zegers for breakaway. Yeah, yeah. They fucked that one up. Mac, your thoughts? Uh, I I did not get to watch the skills competition live. I watched some highlights of it. Did watch a good bit of the all-star game festivities the next day. Um, I don't know. Based on the highlights I saw, I think that that fountain thing was pretty awful and that I agree with Nick's sentiment that none of the players seemed too thrilled about it. So uh, I guess I'd have to go with that being the stupidest thing we saw. 
I'm going to agree with you. And then I'm also going to say like the fact that they're making them shoot like glowing pucks that are like, you can hear them. Like they're clearly coated in plastic, like make them just use normal ass pucks and do it during the day. So you can see it. Not a bad, not a bad idea. Again, gimmicky for no reason. Ooh, gimmicky. You want to hear? Okay. So before we move on, Harry English time, do you know, would you say that the word gimmicky and finicky mean the same thing or relatively the same thing? I think there's some overlap there. When I say gimmicky, I think of like those things at the beach where you put your head through and your mom makes you take a picture of it. Like that's really gimmicky to me. Finicky is like the motor on my car is finicky because sometimes it likes to not start or smoke or catch on fire. Yeah, I know, uh, I know another uh, person who has engine problems, but no. oh, oh my god! I was told I'd get killed if I mentioned that. So, that's if you know, hilarious. you know. That's hilarious. I think Mac, I educate me. I I would give you another example. My phone charger is, or I guess that's my phone, is super finicky because it's like kind of old, and if I just plug it in, I need to like wiggle it to the right spot so it's actually charging, and it's like kind of finicky like that. Like it can easily get fucked if you like plug it in and it's charging and then somebody like bumps into it it's gonna not be charging because it's super finicky gimmicky when you start talking about the thing at the beach that you stick your head into i thought of another thing at the beach that's gimmicky those little things that you can put a quarter in and like look <laughs> like, oh look, my god like, through the fucking thing that's a big gimmick it's like right. yeah. your phone can zoom in farther than that now gimmicky could be like a money grab or it could just be like the all-star game like it's just like a super gimmicky thing that they're just trying to like get a bunch of flashy attention for even though it's not that cool so i think i had the word gimmicky confused with finicky and i used the word gimmicky in a sentence to describe something as uh inconsistent if you will Okay. Which I guess would be more. I would have flip flopped the... them, but I could see where you were going with it. Well, someone looked at me and was like, You mean finicky? I was like, Okay, we're... these aren't real English words, I don't think. <laughs> someone please correct me if I'm wrong. Gimmicky is definitely a real word. Because yeah. It's a real word. It's not like gimmick. Gim- gimmick is a real word. Gimmick is a word, and then it's like oh, a gimmicky thing. Yeah. 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 Finicky, like... I think that's probably a real word. Gimmicky. Let me look it up. No, if like I'm half of what... the shit that's in the dictionary is a real word, then that has to be in there. But finicky's not. But like finick is not a word. Finicky is a real word. It is an adjective in the English language, meaning to be fussy about one's needs or requirements, showing or requiring great attention to detail. So yeah, like the high maintenance, super yeah, high maintenance. Exactly. I have to fuck with it a lot. Okay, so they don't mean anything. There's no overlap at all, is what I'm gathering here. Uh. I think that there's probably something in this world that is finicky and gimmicky, but that doesn't mean that they mean the same thing. They I would love that thing. to be question of the day. Pose it to the listeners. What is gimmicky and finicky all at once? And if you say what it is and it's at the beach, bonus points. True. Ooh. Yeah, for some reason. Those stupid games on the boardwalk where it's like the rim is like for the basketball hoop is like super, super tight. Or you have to throw oh, yeah. like the wiffle ball into the basket that's at a 35 degree angle that like if you don't hit it perfectly, it'll I shoot guess the that ball is back out. And finicky, isn't right? it? Because the actual thing is like kind of yeah. finicky, but right. the concept of it is very gimmicky. Good work. So actually, I feel like we're spending too much time on this, but I'm just thinking out <laughs> loud. Like, so if finic, finicky is an 
adjective. You're describing something. So is what is finick? That's is not that a word. A, That's not a word. I thought you said it was. A, oh no, you said gimmick. gimmick is a word. Yeah. Is so gimmicky is an adjective, and gimmicky would gimmicky is an adjective. Gimmick would be a. You got this. Noun. Yeah, there we it go. It is. Yeah. What's a gimmick? Like the All Star Game. That's a gimmick. Yeah. Or you could. Oh, you could, you so could you either just, say the All Star. The All Star Game a is a different way of saying. Or the, the All Star Game is gimmicky. Yeah. Like, okay. So instead of saying the All Star Game is gimmicky, you could say, "Oh, the All Star Game is a gimmick." Yeah. I understand. Gimmick now. by the NHL. Yeah. Okay. So for my whole life, I've been confusing the two words, and now I have it, and I got corrected. The more uh, you this know. week. The more you know. Better's kindergarten class. (laughs) Yes. Vocab with Harry volume. God knows. Anyways, we'll move on from that. That was a good one. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, Let's move on to some serious pressing NHL news. Uh, This is my serious news face. Sean Avery is apparently attempting an NHL comeback at the age of 42. Let that sink in. Avery went on a podcast recently and stated that his plan to get back into the NHL is already in motion. He said, and I quote, Here's the plan. I've got seven months to be physically ready to walk on to an NHL training camp. That is a lot of time based on how I feel right now, physically and how I feel on the ice after skating six times after not skating for 10 years, my timing is coming back and it's getting sharper every single time I can feel it happening. So let's unpack that real quick. After not skating for 10 years, let's not forget that this guy's last NHL game was with the Rangers in 2010, 2011, which was 11 years ago. Um, I'm going to call no go on this one. I just think at 42 with that amount of time that has passed, probably not going to happen, especially since he didn't skate at all. It's not like he went overseas and played. He literally just became an actor. So I'm thinking if this was somebody that was like Mike Knubel or somebody in the NHL that had a really respectable, awesome, long career and people were a big fan of him, like maybe it'd be different. But Sean Avery was just notorious for being kind of a fucker like the whole time he was in the league. So like I don't think there's going to be that many teams like jumping to be like, oh, wow, Sean Avery's back. Let's give him a shot on our NHL roster that we can only hold so many players on. And even though he's 42, he definitely deserves a spot over somebody who's like 18 or 19 or 20 and like trying to like crack the NHL and is probably like 10 times faster than Sean Avery. So that's kind of where my head's at with that one. I just a thousand percent echo that. I mean, all bias aside, he really he was an okay player, but he was an okay player, you know, eleven years ago. The game has completely changed since then. The game's completely changed the last six years. I'm not sure he would know what the fuck to do if he went no. out there like with a hockey stick on like an actual in that in the middle of an actual NHL game, let alone even like preseason. I, I seriously don't know if he would know what to do. Half the guys wouldn't like, I mean, I feel like he would try and fight people and half the people would just look at him and be like, no, like you're not worth my time. I'm not going to do this. And I'm going to skate right around you all night. Now, what I will say, I don't know if it's the actor in him, but when you hear him like talk about this, he's pretty convincing. And he, he has that like persona where it's like, I might not want to doubt this guy because he seems kind of like a lunatic. Uh, But that being said, I still stand by what I said. I mean, I'm skeptical. I mean, I said this to you before we started. The guy's been smoking darts left and right ever since he retired. And I think that was even while he was still playing. But like, that's 
that's going to add up eventually. And then taking 10 years off and you want to come back and try and skate in a league with McCarr, McKinnon, McDavid, you know, I would love to get a Ranger fan perspective on this one. If, uh, if you're forever blue shirts or Mike, Mark Corderaro and, or anybody for that matter, and you're listening to this right now, hit us on Twitter or something. Cause I want to know what you're thinking. Yeah. I already know what Mark, I already know what Mark's thinking. You're not going to like it. What he think that's the missing piece that they need to win Dude, the Stanley he Cup. It. He loves Avery. Yeah, he fucking loves Avery. If I if you're a Rangers fan, you probably so, love him. Loves Avery but hates Tom Wilson. Ah, so sweet. I loved Matt Cook. Yeah, but that I hate sense. Tom Wilson. It's the same okay, thing. Okay, but like Matt Cook is like the dirtiest player to play in the last ten years. Love him. Yeah, no he shame. plays in the Caps too. Don't forget about that. Yeah, don't he did. care. Love him. Um, All right, I'm gonna order you a Matt Cook Caps. <laughs> no, Penn's jersey. I'd wear it. That'd be awesome. Um. That'll be that'll be the next Caps Pens game when there we win go. in overtime. The other Thank one you. has to wear a Matt Cook of the other. It's <laughs> oh, it's just double hatred. That would uh, be kind of cool, actually. Uh, I think it's worth noting that Avery did say that he would prefer to play for the Tampa Bay Lightning if he was able to get back onto a team. And I think the course, overall response to that is just no shit, dude. Like, yeah, of course, the guy just wants to win a cup. Oh well. Yeah. And if I'm a college quarterback, I want to go to Bama. This just in. Uh, right. Let's move on. Connor Bedard broke the internet yet again with an insane, like NHL 22 style rookie mode goal. Uh, absolutely walks the defender as he comes over the blue line with a nasty toe drag, goes between the wickets, and then right upstairs where Mama hides the cookies. Just absolutely nasty. I know you guys saw this, but it's a joke, dude. It's a fucking joke. Like, He's 16 years old. You can say what you will. Oh, it's WHL. Oh, he's not playing against men. He is playing against men. Well, kind of, yeah. I mean, but he's like the youngest kid, not the youngest kid, but he's one of the youngest guys in the league, and he's completely torching everybody. It's just ridiculous. It was honestly kind of funny to see the goalie just be like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Yeah, the goalie like just goes, I love when goalies just shag their glove. It's like, yeah. oh, shit. It's like, what is he supposed to do? I mean, I think it's worth I mean, the WHL is known for just pumping out, like, grade A defensemen. Like, if you think about the names that have played there, like, Shea Weber played there. Duncan Keith played there. Uh, so right. they're known for their big boys. And he just this isn't went right the, around this dude. Yeah, this isn't the queue where it's like eight, seven games every night. You know, like, the WHL actually has a respectable reputation for defense, but – the, the coolest part to me, and this is going to nerd out a little bit, like he – so you know how like when you go between your legs, you'll you'll start it on your backhand, and then when you pull it between your legs, you move it to your forehand? Like that's the normal process. You go from backhand to forehand. It's just between your legs. He didn't even start on his backhand. If you watch it in slow-mo, he toe-drags it forehand to forehand, and it just looks so much silkier when he does it. You got you to gotta really like slow it down. Um, saw that on a uh, Pavel Barber's Twitter page, but just so gross. Yeah, that's impressive. He's yeah. just nasty. It'll be interesting to see who gets him. I wonder if Montreal is going to go like pain for Shane and then suck for Bedard again. But who knows? I don't know. I think he's got a. Re- I think he's got a dorm at ASU wide open. Ooh, there's be- no chance that kid's going to college. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you. Uh, well, never mind. I'm going to get myself in trouble. I'm he's going to go straight to the show. Uh, let's move on. The Avs had their home win streak snapped by the Coyotes before the All Star break. The Yotes were around plus 500 on the money line. I think that's worth noting. So the streak stops at 18 games, one at home in a row. That is the fifth longest all time. I also think it's ironic that it was the Yotes because like a couple weeks before they almost snapped this in a shootout. Did they not? Mm-hmm. 
They did. And if you listen to our last episode, Mac had the foreshadowing for this. He said, are the Yotes going to be the ones to snap it? Sure shit. Too bad I didn't take it. <laughs> I know, right? I know. I have another funny story about people fixing cars with money they went on bets, but I can't tell that because I'll get in trouble. So gotcha. you guys that one. Yeah. Um, or people that just throw money at their car and hope that it'll be fixed, but it never is. Uh, there are reports that the NHL has begun planning for a World Cup of hockey that could take place in February of 2024. What do we think about this? I'm all for it. Hopefully two years from now, we'll be big enough that we're over there covering it. Um, but yeah, I would love this. I loved the first one. I thought it was a ton of fun. Did you guys hear that? It, I, I think this is right. It would be in Italy. You hear Interesting. that? Interesting. They want to do it in Italy to try to grow the game because, and again, I'm going off what I read on the internet, so take this with a grain of salt. I think the Olympics, the Winter Olympics are in Italy in 2026, so they want to like get the fan base in Italy kind of hyped up a little bit. Yeah, and then they come back two years later for the Olympics. So, Nick, I mean, you I got don't double hate the, the motivation. I, yeah, I don't hate it. I mean, it's uh, it would be cool if they did it there. I mean, it's a lot more central of a location for the European countries, obviously. You know, you've got Sweden, Finland, Czech Republic, Slovakia, Russia. They're, it's a lot easier for them to get to versus the United States, for, for some of them at least. Uh, the one thing I'll say about this is just like, I've been hurt before. Don't tease me with a World Cup if you're not going to go through with it. Yeah, yeah, I echo that. 100%. Uh, Jack Eichel is no longer wearing a no contact Jersey. This comes to us from Greg Wyshynski. Uh Apparently February 16th against the abs is going to be Jack's return. Obviously that's rumors. Uh, you know, no one knows if that's for sure or not. Uh, all I know is that yesterday, which was Monday, he was practicing and there was video all over the internet of it. Yeah. Happy for Jack, man. It's, it's good to see him skating again and, really get back into the action. You can tell he's chomping at the bit. Um, so I, I'm, I'm happy for him. One of my favorite players in the league. I know you guys hate Vegas. You can put that for, you know, put it aside for a second. I just think I love Jack Eichel. No, Same. for sure. I'm with you on that one. I'm, I'm thrilled that the guy just gets to play again. I'm sure, like you said, he's anxious to get back into game action and everything. So I'm definitely going to circle that date on my calendar and hopefully it'll be free because I want to watch that. Do you guys hate Vegas any less now that Eichel's on the team, or is it still like? I mean, it doesn't really make a difference to me. I guess we'll see like what he actually does with them. In fact, I might even hate them more now that he's there because he's really fucking good. So if they start like going to win a cup or something, I'm probably going to be kind of pissed. But yeah, I'm I'm a I am an Eichel fan. I will say that the lion does not concern himself with the opinions of the sheep. <laughs> well said. <laughs> Moving right, on. Olympics, let's go. Let's <laughs> yeah, Olympic update. So let's talk about our ladies. Uh, women's hockey's in full swing. The men get started tomorrow morning, if I'm not mistaken, or just We're in a couple hours here. Thursday. Okay. Oh, no. USA. I'm sorry. USA men starts Thursday. I don't really know when the rest of them yeah. start. Uh, our American ladies got off to a great start with a 5-2 win over Finland. That was not an easy contest by any means. Uh, they lost Brianna Decker in that game to a gruesome leg injury, which we'll touch on a little bit later. Uh, they had a five, nothing spanking of the Russians and then an eight zip showing against the Swiss. They had a tough one last night against Canada. That was Monday night. Next up for them is the quarterfinals for the women, which start on the 10th. So coming up at the end of this week, 
some other notes, the Canada versus Russia women's game was pushed back for like several hours, apparently due to some COVID concerns. I saw a couple of things online that it you know basically said like the Russian team hadn't submitted their test results from that day or something like that. And the start time had to be pushed back while they waited for those to come in. Uh, following a lengthy delay, both teams did play the game, but wearing masks. Uh, and then we just want to say a huge shout out to the Danish women's team for winning its first Olympic hockey game ever as a country, as they knocked off the Czech Republic three to two. That's awesome. That's got to feel good. Absolutely. Uh, side note, they pushed back the Canada Russia women's game for the COVID test results. I don't know if, I think what happened is Russia just never submitted them. And then the next morning they had like a player test positive. So don't know how that one works, but I, you know, it is what it is. Fun times uh, I, at the Olympics, huh? <laughs> yeah, right. I think there was some shady shit going on with the Russians <laughs> there, for being honest. But whatever, that's none of my business. Uh, let's move over to the guys. Uh, opening odds for the men. I'm just going to read the top three here. Uh, the Russian Olympic Committee is at a plus 150 to win the whole tournament. I don't think it's going without saying that they are hands down the favorites. Finland comes in at a plus 395, and then Canada at a plus 700. I think people were surprised to see Finland ahead of Canada on that one, but I think when you think about how consistently that team has been playing together, it starts to make a little bit more sense. Well, it makes sense because that team probably would have had a couple non-NHL guys at least considered for the team even if the NHL was going to the Olympics. So, you know, they they had to scramble way less when they heard that the NHL wasn't going, as opposed to somebody like Canada or U.S., where the entire roster was going to be NHL, and you could probably even make a second roster right. of NHL guys that would have been next up to make it after those guys. So, But, yeah, Finland makes sense. Also, Russia, yes, that would have been entirely NHL, but there's so many Russian players that are still really good that play that could be in the NHL, but just choose not to that are a still... lot of them get more money in the KHL. Exactly. It's that type of thing. So it makes sense to me that they're the favorite. Also for those watching on YouTube, you'll see I'm sporting the uh, Russia OV Jersey right now. Nice. So. Uh, the U S men's team gets underway on the 10th as well against China. That's at eight ten AM. They face Canada the following day at eleven ten PM. All these are Eastern time. And then they finish up their prelims against the Germans on Sunday, the 13th at 8, 10 a.m. Do you guys know of any other sporting events going on that day by any chance? Sunday is going to be a fantastic day. I'm going to wake up feeling fresh, not going to drink too much Saturday. I'm going to wake up feeling fresh, crispy at 7 a.m., sipping my coffee, reading notes about what I'm going to bet on, hopefully so our book has it, against the Germans that morning. And I'm going to watch sports from 8, 10 in the morning all the way until night. We've got Germany, USA. We've got Penguins versus I can't remember, but that game's at one o'clock. And then we've got the Super Bowl. And I want to touch on the Super Bowl and the gambling portion of this because we have to. Um, Sunday's going to be a fantastic day. Also, side note, from what I've read online, if best value pick, Finland at plus 395 to win the whole tournament. Absolutely. I saw a great quote. Russia's the best team on paper. Finland's the best team as a team. Yeah. Which I think speaks volumes because there is a Finnish elite league. They all play together just like KHL. I like, I don't know. Finland's always a tough out no matter who. It and is. What I sport think what is. people, they don't 
watch European hockey or international hockey don't understand is that that Finnish team has been playing as a national team while all their other stars have been in the NHL. They've had other minor international games, other tournaments, stuff like that. Like they are a team. It's not Mm -hmm. like Canada or Russia or the United States where they're just picking and choosing from different places. Another thing about the Russian team year after year in the Olympics, and this is more so the case, I feel like when the NHL is here, but I feel like they particularly always have trouble getting chemistry going. Like they're always supposed to do really well because they're so talented. But then like, I know I have lots of memories of seeing like Ovi and Malkin and Kuzi and those guys just not, not be able to like get the mojo going in like the big games in the Olympics over the years, which Again, obviously those guys aren't here. It's a totally different story, but I feel like that's still like something that kind of curses the Russian Olympic team for the men's every year is like they can't seem to win when they're supposed to. So that's another reason I like Finland as a money line pick. And then you're tossing big ice in there too. It really does change the game completely. Yeah, true. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's get into the stars of the week. We'll go through this quickly. First star, Claude Drew, all-star game, whatever. Uh, Second star, Mitch Marner, three goals, four assists, and seven points in two games. Also ruined Max bet on the Hurricanes last night in overtime. Sorry, Mac, that was a tough one. Uh, And then Mason Marshman of the Florida Panthers, two goals, four assists, six points in two games before the all-star game. And really, it was in the one game before the all-star game. Yeah, he went off. Who they Columbus, right? They played Columbus. I think the so. game was like nine to four, eight four, something like that. But, yeah, he absolutely went to town. But uh, before we get into the injuries and updates, I think Nick has a word from one of our sponsors. That's me. Uh, summer may be over, but there's still never been a better time to get out on the water. If you're looking to finance that new boat or yacht you've always dreamed of, well, you're in luck, dude, because the yacht lender is a specialist in marine finance. With partnerships with 15 different banks, he is the right lender for whatever vessel you may be in the market for. Backed by Trident Funding with over 25 years as an industry leader, the Yacht Lender has the expertise and know-how to finance the boat of your dreams. Don't wait. Apply today at YachtLender.com or check him out on Instagram at YachtLender to see others who have already gotten out on the water. What are you smiling at? I'm just going to say one thing. Salespeople work on commission. Remember that, folks. That's it. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I'm saying. All I'm saying. Get in trouble otherwise if I say anything more. So that's well said. Uh, Let's get to the injuries around the league. I know Nick mentioned earlier about Brianna Decker. I'll let you take that one. That was brutal. I mean, this is for anyone who hasn't seen this warning before you watch it because it's not pleasant to watch, but this is a great example of why slew footing is such a bad thing for the game of hockey. You know, I think, A lot of people when they watch a hockey game and they see someone's feet get kicked out from under them, whether it's accidental or on purpose, they just say, oh, that's tripping. It's like, no, this is really, really dangerous and you can really, really hurt someone this way. And I'm not saying that, you know, what was done by the finished player was intentional by any means, but this is a great example of what can happen in a situation like that. Uh, Both Hughes brothers, they're in COVID protocol after the All-Star Game festivities in Vegas. So are we just going to assume that everyone is going to pop positive now? Well, I don't know about that one, but it actually kind of helped my fantasy team because I have Quinn and I needed to put somebody on IR so I could pick somebody back up and beat Mark Corderaro. So I'm kind of working on that right now. (laughs) Um, But yeah, shout out to him for getting COVID because now he's on my IR. 
And shout out to your sister for taking me to the absolute cleaners once again. Like Cass yeah. just has my number to a T. I don't know and what shout it out is. to your girlfriend for 30 pointing <laughs> me the week before that because Jesus. she absolutely smoked me. So dude, yeah. I've never seen her that jacked up about like fantasy sports before. Like she's done fantasy football in the past and stuff like that. Um that was like championship the first year, down. but like yeah, she was like pushing down on your throat and was not going to let up for anything. It was a close matchup until like the Saturday. And then she just clobbered me. So. Like we were like, we were out to dinner somewhere, I think with like my cousin and her husband and my parents. And she's like checking her fantasy hockey scores at like the dinner table. I'm like, this is the hottest thing I've ever <laughs> seen. That's awesome though. Shout out. Yeah. I can guarantee you there's not many guys you can say that. So yeah. Yeah. Real one. Scary incident last night. Austin Matthews goes into concussion protocol after uh, a game uh, against the Hurricanes. Scary collision. It looked very similar to Tavares's collision uh, in the playoffs last year. Sort of like a knee to the head at, in passing as he's falling down. Harry, I know you were up late and watched this live. What was your initial thought? It was rough. He was down for a little bit, a uh, good bit actually. And then, you know, they took him down the the runway and you could kind of just see is like shaking his head like this. And that's always scary, right? The guy's knees just skating by and accidentally hits his head. But as of this morning, team doctors and uh, the coach in the press conference was saying that seems in good spirits, not as bad as they anticipated. So let's hope all stays well. Cause he's having a career season right now. He is. And the Leafs are really hot right now, which if you're going to, and we'll save this for betting, but it's like, if you're going to jump on the Leafs, do it when they start to get hot and don't anticipate that to last for very long. But yeah. Uh, just two roster moves to get to uh, two former players have been hired as assistant GMs. Danny Briere gets hired in Philly and Sean Horkoff gets hired in Detroit. Yep. My reaction as well. <laughs> yeah. We're all just nodding our heads. So, yeah. <laughs> just, uh, yeah. Let, okay. Let's go ahead and get into some gambling. But before we do, I think Mac has some words for us about sharp rank. Indeed, yeah. I just wanted to remind you that this season, all of our picks are powered by SharpRank. SharpRank created the first ever cross-sport rating system, ranking betters from any sport on one leaderboard that anyone can dominate, even you. SharpRank is backed by some of the biggest names in the sports gambling world, such as BetMGM, Betway, and Sports Illustrated. Download the free app for iPhone and Android today. And now, let's get into the gambling picks. Harry, you want to start us off? Yeah, just, uh, you know, we just had all-star break. I think we had Wednesday games since we last recorded, and then obviously last night we had two contests. So not a lot has changed. Um, just going to reiterate a lot of things and then maybe some things you all should keep an eye on this week. In terms of teams that are hot, same as last week, Minnesota Wild, uh, six-game winning streak. They play the, Her- the Winnipeg Jets tonight. It'll be last night when you're listening to this. Let's see what they can do. We're riding them to get seven in a row, not sure. Uh, and then this week they play the Jets, Hurricanes, and Red Wings before our next recording. Tough schedule. Jets, Hurricanes, no easy outs there. And the Red Wings are obviously a little stingy. So uh, let's see what the Wild can do this week. And then I will also add my favorite team in the NHL, the Edmonton Oilers. They are 5-0-1 in their last six. They have a schedule coming up before our next recording that consists of vegas chicago the islanders and the sharks i would also like to say the streak has been broken and i will also reveal who told me to do it i was not betting that game promise was not even going to touch it 
651 before they played the Caps last Wednesday at 7. You know who texted me and said, I like that pick. I like I like the Oilers. I think you should do it. You know who texted me? I want you to take a guess. Yachtlander. No. Was it our intern? No. Although that would have been really funny, but <laughs> I wish it was. No. Mark Cotteraro texted me and said, you got to take it. I promise. He also parlayed it with the Kraken that night against Boston, and he won that parlay. So thank you, Mark. Nice. Attaboy, Marky. De- yeah. Thank you for helping me develop the balls to stick with my guns. <laughs> uh, so that was nice to uh, get off the schneid there. And then who's so, not? I have oh. to ask before we move on. Are they coming down off the shelf? So are they, are they fair game for you again? Or is it like I had my moment in the question. sun, there's my trophy up there. I can look at it for some fond memories, but I'm not going to go back. I think I will be betting the Edmonton Oilers again. Okay, season. so back in play. Here we go again. <laughs> they're back in play. They gave me some glimmer of hope. I will add one thing, too. The fact they're 5-0-1 in their last six, yeah, good for them, but I'm still yawning about the Edmonton Oilers this year. It's just a major yawn for me, and I don't think they'll make the playoffs still. It's a soap opera at this point. If they do make the playoffs, I don't think they go very far. I think I I can't really see them getting out of the first round. I think Minnesota, if they have to play, they're going to have to play Minnesota or Vegas, and I don't think they could compete with either of those teams. When we get to my portion, I, I will talk a little bit more about how they can make the playoffs, but I don't think they will. I think Minnesota would just flat out outwork them. I actually apologize. I think I misspoke there. Uh, They potentially would play Minnesota if there was a wild card scenario, but assuming they make the two or three seed, which is what, if they make the playoffs, I guess I envision, uh, they might play Anaheim. I don't know. There's a lot of scenarios. That would be a fun series. Also, if I'm not mistaken, they have some playoff history from like 2015. Yeah. McDavid's first playoff run, they lost lost to the Ducks. Yep. seven that was one um, where i think the ducks scored like correct me if i'm wrong but this was a playoff series where the ducks were down in a game i think it was like game five they were down by two with like a minute and change left came back to tie it and then won it in overtime yep you were correct sir i think that was Corey perry raquel tied it maybe with like 27 seconds left you would be correct wow you got a good memory there i was at I Kent that- house and towson with uh buddies and i was about eight guinnesses deep when that happened so there you go there you go. And then on to the who's not pains me to say it. The Penguins kind of suck again. Um, they've lost four in a row, three of those being in overtime. They lost to the Kraken, the Red Wings, the Kings, and the motherfucking Washington Capitals. And I owe Mac a stupid OV jersey as a result of that. Yes, He's sir. Dragging me into these bets, and I hate it. Uh, you know, it's tough sledding right now. Malkin got into pro- COVID protocol over the All-Star break. And here's the most concerning part, in my opinion. They have an entire season series that they have to play still against the Hurricanes and the Rangers, the two best teams in the Metro. So they haven't even played them once yet? No, we haven't played either of those guys once. That's going to be tough. 17 of the last 36 games remaining in the season are against division opponents. So we're about to find out what the Pens are made of. Leave it, leave it to the NHL to put like the hard teams at the end of the Penguins schedule. When we all know that they struggle at the beginning of every season and have this monster second half, that they're just going to roll through them and make the playoffs again and go to the third round. And it, I will admit the way the schedule worked, kind of helped us with the injuries we had we had easier games at the start now we're going to see what we're made of and now we're going to see if jory's the real deal because 
you know, I don't think it's his fault that we've dropped four in a row and that we're probably about to drop five in a row as we're down two nothing to the Boston Bruins called that one. Um, Oh no, two two. I the penguins are back. What do you know? Oh, They're not on the hot list. That on. was fast. Wow. Come How did on. they do that? Danton Heinen with two tucks. Just kidding. Um, no, nah, we're, we're gonna see what they're made of here. I don't know. Uh, and then Jersey and Montreal, they suck per usual. So they're Both actually have playing lost each- six in a row. Jersey seven. They play okay. each other tonight, right? Yeah, yep. it's the stink battle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the toilet bowl. I was tempted to take Jersey just because I saw like Montreal was favored at some point, but I was like, oh wait, they're just as bad. They also don't have huge, right? So. Uh, and then just some trends before I toss it off to the other fellas. The Senators don't sleep on the Sens. My boy Matt Murray, who I lost a lot of money against last week, betting the Edmonton Oilers. Matt Murray has not lost in regulation in six straight games. He is 4-0-2 in that span with a 1.95 GAA and a 9.39 save percentage, along with a big donut in there. Since he got sent down from the AHL, he's been great since he came back up. Now, what I will say, and this is something to keep an eye on here, folks, because you're going to get some juicy value out of these. The Senators' next five games are brutal, but – you could probably, especially if they're on the road, could probably find them in over the plus 200 range. They take on the Hurricanes, Penguins, Bruins, Capitals, and Blues all in the next week. So but here's what's interesting. They're not going to lose all five of those games. No. So no, they're got, not. It's a pick them. It's like, which one? And You I, know, it's a great way to. idea of which one it might be. Great way to cover that off is just take sends plus one and a half every night because you know they're gonna they'll push the caps to overtime. I'll tell you that for free right now. Yeah, but that's what I was gonna tell you. They're gonna hang around with someone. Like they'll knock off St. Louis somehow. They'll knock off the caps somehow, and maybe they come close against Pitt and lose by one. Yeah. yeah, they're a tough out, man. And if if Murray's playing, I know they have Forsberg in tonight against uh, Carolina. I believe they were winning that game. Um, they have Forsberg in the night, but they have Murray going. I mean, you got to ride the hot goalie. We, we are known to do that on this podcast, True. and that kind of ties into my next bullet point. Keep an eye out on these two teams specifically, Nashville and St. Louis. I've been riding UC Saros all season long, and I'm not going to stop doing that anytime soon. So if Saros is in net for the Preds, riding it. And they get some great value on the road, and I think we talked about this a couple episodes ago. They're one of the best road teams in the NHL on the puck line. Yep. Minus one and a half when they're favored. So keep they were something ridiculous. That. It was like 13 and five or something like that when we read that stat off. When they're on the road and they're favored, they usually cover. So that's something to keep an eye on. And then the other team is the Blues. You got to keep an eye on if Bennington's in net. There's a clip that our amazing intern Jackson just posted for us of me basically calling Bennington trash and the Nick saying he's not sold on him since the cup run. Bennington's last five starts have been disastrous. He could probably use a little bit of orbit confusion right about now. <laughs> uh, but if Vili Husso's in net, he's been rock solid for the Blues. So look Husso's up for that. so nasty. I'm, yeah, I'm wondering, good. and I know we're about, I would say we're probably a couple years off of this, but starting job considerations, I think, are up in the air in St. Louis. Or they could move Husso for somebody because he could be a starter in a lot of other markets probably. For sure. I think they're paying Bennington too much money. I mean, they they either got to stick with him because no one's going to trade for that guy right about these days. Learn um, from the Islanders. Don't sign goaltenders to big ticket contracts. Yeah. 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 Doesn't usually work out too well. And then last two stats I have the Maple Leafs, they're eight and three, and they're they're eight and three 
against the over. Did I pronounce that right? What am I trying to say? The over has hit in eight of the last 11 games. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. The Toronto Maple Leafs have hit the over in eight of their last 11 games. Keep an eye on that. And then uh, Kevin Fiala said it last week, longest active point streak in the NHL at 12 games. Let's see if that ages tonight or last night when you're listening against the Winnipeg Jets. Got a couple shot on goal props here for you guys. Uh, Harry, you were just talking about the Leafs. Mitch Marner has really picked it up a notch. Uh, The bet I'm looking at here is him over two and a half shots on goal. Uh, He's attempted 40 shots over his last seven games, 27 of which have hit the net. And that's an average of about 3.86 per game. So that's some serious shots on goal numbers right there for Marner, which I feel like we haven't really seen in the past from him since he first came into the league and broke in with the Leafs. So uh, yeah, that's a little definitely bit more confidence, I guess. Yeah, that's definitely one that I'm going to be tracking over the next couple of weeks, see how that one goes. And then the other one, I know we were ripping on the Devils earlier, but this is a really, really good one to look at. And you really do have to study the lineup here with this one. But Jesper Bratt for the same thing, over two and a half shots on goal. He averages just over 12 shots on taps. 12 shot attempts per 60 minutes of five on five play. But that number goes up to 17 when Nico Heischer's his center, which he is tonight or was last night. Wow. That's a great, that's a great find. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty wild. Mac, what do you got on tap? All right. So I mentioned the flames last week, or maybe it was the week before and how they really needed to find out what kind of team they were. They were sort of milling about and they were good for a bit and then they were shitty for a while. And so I want to talk about them a little bit more right now. Uh, The flames after a rocky start to 2022 have won their last three games and they are six and three since exactly one month ago today. Today is February 8th. Uh, Since January 8th, they've won six lost three. Their next seven games are at home. Their their lone road game uh, uh, remaining this month is just up the street in Vancouver. So they're basically playing at home for the rest of the month. Now, that's something to watch out for. I'm not going to tell you, you know, hammer them every single game because they're at home. Some teams actually play worse at home. So it's something we should look into. But I know if it was the Caps, I'd probably not be touching it because they play better on the road usually. But The Flames, I think, have a big seven games coming up at home where they can really define who they are this season. It's going to be interesting. I'm planning on watching at least like the first two or three of those games before I really make a big play and kind of see where they're at. But you got to think they probably win three, ideally four of those seven home games. So keep an eye on what happens in the first couple and then kind of go from there. I enjoy watching their games. They're a fun team to watch. They are. Yeah, I'd agree. I think it's um, worth mentioning. Oh, sorry. I, no, go I just, ahead. I was, yeah. I, I think it's worth mentioning uh, their next six games in that homestand that you just mentioned uh, Vegas, Toronto, the Islanders, Columbus, Anaheim, and Seattle. So, kind of a mixed bag of opponents. Yeah, that is an interesting one, especially if they can win like the first two or so, like against the harder teams and look to get really hot and keep this hot streak. I mean, like I said, they've won three straight now. So if they can keep this hot streak going, that could be something to count on for some of those later games against like Seattle. Uh, Moving on. The LA Kings have points in six consecutive games leading up to the all-star break. They currently sit in second place in the division, two points behind the first place Vegas golden Knights who have 57 points. The Kings have 55 Uh, worth noting the Pacific division race is heating up big time right now. Uh, and the flames and the Oilers for the moment are kind of trying to chase up and and catch their opponents in that division. 
Uh, right now we have Vegas in first with 57 points. Then you got LA with 55, Anaheim also with 55, Calgary 52, and Edmonton 49. Uh, important to note, though, that Calgary and Edmonton have only played 42 games as opposed to 46, 47, and 48 of those three teams above them. So that'll probably end up coming into play a little bit down the stretch. However, I think that's really anybody's division right now. I, who do you guys think is going to come out on top of that? I know I made a lofty statement uh, recently saying that I think the Ducks are going to win. I still kind of like that to happen, but I'm curious what you guys think. I'm just going to go ahead and say Vegas. I think with Eichel coming back, you know, as long as Laner can stay consistent, that's easily the strongest team on paper in that division. So I, my money has to be on them. It's theirs to lose, right? It I mean, is. It's, it's the balls in their core for sure. Do you remember last week we laughed at the idea of the LA Kings being buyers at the trade deadline because they wanted to make a playoff push? I think we all three kind of scoffed at it. I didn't realize where they were in the standings. And, oh, my God, they're, like, kind of good. <laughs> like, Yeah. No, here's the thing about them, though. I mentioned that they have points in six consecutive contests. I can't remember exactly, but I want to say, like, three of those are losses. Like, they, they'll, like, get games to overtime and lose a lot, or they'll, like, somehow in a fluky way win a game like two to one regulation or something like that um so they're i don't know i i haven't totally bought into them yet i'm still kind of laughing at that that idea that they'd be buyers the next week or week or two will be key for that but. i think this is like the point total is just a little bit misleading here well like i said they've also played 47 games and right. Calgary and Edmonton are right, right behind them. And they've only played 42. So it'll be, I mean, now if Calgary and Edmonton lose their next like three or four games in a row, then boom, all of a sudden you're like, shit, the Kings actually have a chance. But yeah, that's why I'm saying the next like two weeks, especially will be very telling for that LA Kings team. One guy on LA who I've noticed in the recent East coast swing that they had, and not a lot of people know this guy's name. You guys tell me if you know, Blake Lazat. That yep. guy is a fucking yep. speed demon. Holy shit. He's a really good player. I'd keep an eye on him. They got a lot of guys like that. Blake Lazat. Nobody talks about Kempe. He's having a decent He's year. nasty. He's good. He's been flying around. Kopitar's had a resurgence. Dustin Brown's, I don't know how many Kempe goals Kempe was has. at the All-Star game, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. yeah I don't know how many goals uh, Brown has. If I had to guess, he's probably got like 13 or 14. He's going to be another 20-goal guy most likely. He's been playing on a line with uh, Byfield too, so I don't know if yeah, that's helped him just... a little bit. But it seems like for some weird reason, things are coming together for them, which is weird John... considering how bad they've been for the last two to three years. Johnny Quick's had a decent year too, honestly. Yeah. A lot of people wrote him off. I don't know. Something about the Kings is just stingy. Let's not forget that they did get Alex Edler – in the off season to so that back end. Yeah. I mean, if they throw one or two more pieces at it, it could really set up to be the annoying team coming into the playoffs. They'll, if they need, make it. they'll need Johnny quick or Cal Peterson to really like define themselves and go on a tear and win like eight out of 10 or something like that. And, and like kind of say, Hey, I'm the guy that's going to like make a push in this postseason. What I'm about to say might not make sense, but I'm just going to say it because it came to my brain. They kind of remind me of like a Nashville Predators, like late 2010s. Like I know they've got the big contracts with Kopey and Dowdy and the, the, 
the Predators never really had that, right? But they've got like this stinginess about them, like Philip the No in the offseason, right? And then Victor Arvidsson, these guys that they bring in, Blake Lazat, speed demons, kill penalties, but can score and they're great defensively. They just got a strange feel to them, but it works. Yeah. Brendan Lemieux. Oh, mm. Don't get me fucking started yeah, on that. Fuck. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of his, but nah. Anyways, um, those are my final thoughts. You guys got anything else before we wrap it up here? I know we got uh caps and pens games on. Uh well, the caps just blew a two-goal lead in the span of yeah. about five minutes. So uh death I don't know taxes that was, in that uh, for your for your uh Tuesday night. Plus one and a half. That was that just ripped that shot for 27 for the uh who was that for the Jackets? Adam Boquist. Yeah, he absolutely sniped that one. But that's who they got in the the trade with uh um Chicago, correct? Yep, that's right. Seth Jones trade. Yep, yep, yep. Do you guys hear people screaming next door? No. I, I thought I heard door. something. I wasn't sure if it was something in my apartment. No, it's me, these or... two bozos playing Fortnite like a bunch of idiots. If oh, you're listening, to this, fuck off. Okay. <laughs> I just like, what year is it? Apparently 2016. Right. I thought that game was over and done with. Like, I remember that was a thing when I was still uh, living in Towson. This infuriates me. And this is an apartment rant. I hate people who are allowed at night. Shut up. And no one cares about your stupid video game. Oh, they're only loud at night. And it's always the person above you, never the person below you. It's yeah, just the way apartment the living goes. Floor, baby. There you go. Penthouse I'm tough. over there. Penthouse, exactly. I'm top floor and it's great, but this fucking kid behind me, God, I can't stand him. It's killing me. Anyways, all right, I'm done. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. We appreciate the love and support, as always. EB10 for 10% off at our merch store. And if you're listening to this person next to me, please shut the fuck up. Everyone have a good day. (laughs) Uh, Without further ado. Class dismissed.